that's above every name. Great and mighty and holy name. I thank you, Jesus, for the beautiful scriptures and the truth of them. I praise your name, O Holy Christ. And I give you thanks and glory and honor this morning that our hearts be open to you. Let us experience the touch of your hand, the moving of your presence, the healing that's here for the sick, the salvation that's here for the lost, O oh God. I praise thee, O living Christ, and I worship thee, O God. Let your angels surround your people today. Let your presence, dear God, touch our hearts. And I give you the glory and the honor that we are here, God, to magnify thy holy presence, to make a place for you to descend into, Lord, to inhabit the praises of your children this morning. Thank you, Jesus Christ. Thank you, holy God. Blessed be the name of the Lord God Almighty. Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. All the earth shall come and worship before thee, my Father. Allow us the privilege to praise you this morning, Lord, to bless and magnify the name that is above every name. And I thank you, Jesus Christ, and I praise you, holy God. Amen and amen, and everybody said praise the Lord. You have a Bible this morning. I want to say I'm very happy to be in God's house be here with all of you. Our God is a great God and a mighty God, and He's right here. I'm going to ask you to turn to the book of Proverbs, the book of Proverbs chapter 24. Proverbs 24, verse 15. All right. <clears throat> 24 and verse 15 reads on this wise. Lay not wait, O wicked man, against the dwelling of the righteous. Spoil not his resting place. Spoil not his his resting place. I'm going to work for a little while this morning on resist the spoiler. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. It is written in your Bible, if you resist the devil, he will flee. You definitely want to put him on the run. You don't want him hanging around. You don't want to give place to the devil. Just have you, you have no space for him, no room for him. Uh, we want to put up the not allowed sign. You're trespassing. You don't belong here. Because the, the enemy is a spoiler. He's a spoiler. Uh, he comes to do damage. In two different languages, Revelation referred to him as an angel or a messenger of destruction and a destroyer in both the Greek and the Hebrew. He comes to do damage. He comes to disrupt. He comes to disturb the peace that God is putting in your heart and in your life. I want you to know that the enemy, the spoiler, he would like to paint a very ugly picture of Jesus Christ. He would like for you to believe that he is hard and he is cruel and he is 
overly demanding. And he would like for you to think that uh, there's too many rules and too many legislations, too much required of you. He would like to tell you that it's not a good thing to be involved with Jesus Christ. He would like to paint as ugly a picture as he possibly can in your mind and get you to believe it, to get you to take that faith that God initially placed in your life, and he would like you to misuse that. He wants the devil, the spoiler, wants you to put your God-given faith in him. He wants you to follow his system. He wants you to think like he thinks. He wants you to go places that he wants you to go to. He wants you to do things that he wants you to do. And all of these things are hurtful things. All of these things that the spoiler brings to a person's life is just for that reason, to spoil it. Let me tell you, God wants to do a good work in your life. And you must become exceedingly aware that the enemy wants to spoil every good thing that God has in store for you. An individual was uh, in a bad shape. The Bible teaches that he was uh, at the side of a pool and this place where God would send his presence ever so often. And whoever got into that spirit of it, into the provision of it from God, would get what they needed, be it a healing or whatever. And this individual was visited one day by Jesus Christ. The days of his flesh in his earthly ministry, he walked up to this man laying there and said to him, will you be made whole? And he said, well, every time I would, in my words, something would spoil it. Something would come along. Something would hijack me. Something would get in my way. Something would trip me up or a great big old excuse would rise up in my mind. Where does that kind of thinking come? It comes from the spoiler because he doesn't want you to get to God's divine provision. He doesn't want you to get what you need. He doesn't want God to do a good work in your life. He wants to keep you a captive. He wants to disrupt your life. He wants to disturb the peace of God that's being extended to your heart. Well, Jesus took care of that situation. He came in the flesh, God in the flesh. Spirit robed in flesh. And he said, I'll tell you what. He said, today's your day. He said, you just come on and get up out of there. I'm not going to let anything get in your way today. I want to tell you that God wants to help clear things away for you. He wants to help you to get rid of all the, the things that the destroyer, the spoiler, puts in your pathway and in your mind. He wants to rip that junk out of your heart. He wants to get rid of that doubt and that fear and that unbelief and that deception. He wants to move that away and help you to see and clear it up so you can see the goodness of God. That the presence of the Lord does not come to do you evil. It does not come to do you anything harmful. But the presence of the Lord comes to do you good. Jesus Christ went about doing good, healing all those that were sick and oppressed of the spoiler. He comes to do good things in your life if you'll just simply begin to work with what he's telling you. Become cooperative. Bible teaches that the, uh, the spoiler, it's a Bible word, spoiler, that he, uh, according to Matthew's account as well as Mark's account, 
that he comes to try to bind the strong man. He comes to try to bind things to the point to where he can get in and he can begin to spoil. That's what the spoiler does. Your Bible said that in Isaiah, that the spoiler comes to spoil. Of course he does. That's, that's the very root of his name. That's the root of his nature. I tell you, the enemy, only when he decided to rise up against God, he didn't want to leave by himself. He didn't want to fight by himself. So he went about and tried to convince everybody in heaven that he could. He went away with a third that fell for his ploy and his trick and his argument and his spirit of lying and unbelief. And they got kicked out of heaven, one third of the heavenly host. But I thank God for the majority that stayed with God, the two-thirds that said, I ain't going anywhere. I'm not going to let you spoil my life and my estate and my walk and my relationship with God. Not going to let you do that. And surely a pattern was set. When they resisted him, he had to flee. And while he was on the run, they just went ahead and ran him right out of town. They said, you're out of here, pal. And you don't even bother showing yourself up anymore. Doesn't mean he doesn't slink around and do that from time to time. Oh, he does. He's, a, he's what they call a spoiled sport. Friend, he just comes to spoil everything. He just comes to mess everything up. You're not going to find mercy in the spoiler. You're not going to find compassion in the spoiler. You're not going to, it's kind of like when they came to the uh, cemetery, to the sepulcher, and the angel said, who are you looking for? And they said, we're looking for Jesus. Now he said, you're looking in the wrong place. He said, you're looking in the wrong place. It's kind of like early this morning, I went out to that building and I spotted a great big buzzard sitting on the top. And I went in there and I hollered in Jesus' name and whoo, he took off. Hey, only buzzard could comes around for dead things and we're not dead and God's not dead the truth isn't dead we're not letting the enemy come around and we're not going hanging around death we're going where there's life and that more abundantly amen the enemy comes to spoil things for you he wants to spoil your fun our fun is in God. Our fellowship is in God. Our happiness is in God. Every good thing. You want mercy? You come to the fountain of living waters. You want compassion? You want healing? You want salvation? Any good thing, any good characteristic you want to name, then you're going to come to God. You're going to come to Him and you're going to learn I access Him through His name that's above every name. And that name is Jesus Christ. You can scream all kinds of titles, but I'm going to tell you what, it ain't going to happen until you start saying in the name of Jesus Christ because that's the name above every name. He wears all the hats. He has all the titles. There is only one God, and he is both Lord and Christ, and you better get it straight in your mind. The key that opens every lock is in the name of Jesus Christ. You want healing? You better ask for it in the name of Jesus Christ. You want that troubling buffeting spirit out of your life you better pray in the name of Jesus Christ you want to get renewed and refreshed and saved and uplifted then you do it in the name of Jesus Christ you want to receive the Holy Ghost you get it in the name of Jesus Christ he's the one that gave his life on the cross that you he might give you that gift he purchased that gift for you 
repent of your sins and you bring forth fruit proper for repentance, you're showing God and anybody who cares to look on that you have truly repented. As it's written, let him that stole steal no more. It's good fruit. It's good fruit of repentance. And you can put any sin, any transgression, any act of unbelief in its place. And when you stop it, when you cut it off, when you turn away from it, when you get that change of pattern of thinking, then that's a fruit of repentance. We've got to bring forth that fruit. And the Bible said that works of repentance. The world in its religion always goes out of balance. And they would like to tell you that works has no part of salvation. But they don't read the Bible. They just talk about it, but they really don't read it. They don't study it in subject matter. And unfortunately, many people just don't have that beautiful light of revelation. The entrance of his word will bring light. It will clear things up. It will give to you and teach you subject matter so that you can get all the pieces or the scriptures together and they will give you a beautiful picture of what God's mind is on any one given subject. Then when you start studying repentance, you're going to find out the Bible said that you're to bring forth fruit and works for repentance. Fruit and works for repentance. There is a works that we're not saved by. We're not saved by the works of the law. We're not saved by the works of the flesh. There's certain kind of works that are not a part of salvation. But there is a work of repentance. There is a work of the Holy Ghost. There is a work of God's power in your life. And there's no denying that unless you're going to deny subject matter. Stay with the scriptures. Stay with chapter and verse. Stay with God. Don't run ahead of him. Don't lag behind him. Do like Noah. Walk with him. Walk with the Lord. and He will lead and guide you. You know, a lot of people like to throw around, and I'm not against it, the word mentor. It's a nice word. You know, it literally means guide. The Holy Ghost is your mentor. The Holy Ghost, Jesus said, is going to come, and I'm going to send it to you. And I'm not going to leave you comfortless. He said, I'm going to come unto you. And he said, and when that spirit of truth comes, he's going to guide you. He's going to mentor you. He's going to guide you into all truth. You want to let God's Spirit begin to work in your life. He wants to start leading you by chapter and verse. He wants to start leading you by the Word of the Lord. He wants, you know, there's believers and then there's believers. You want me to explain that to you? The Bible said when the seed fell on that rough, hard, stony, rough ground, the first one of it just sat on the top. And them old buzzards came and got it and snatched it up and took it away. But it said that those folks had believed for a little while. They believed for a little while. And when it fell on the stony ground, same thing, they believed for a little while. And when it fell among the thorns, they believed for a little while. Even started to look like bring forth little fruit. But then they ceased to do that and they became unfruitful. But the seed that fell on the good ground. Now you see up to that point there was believers. And then there was believers. That seed fell on the good ground. They weren't here today and gone tomorrow. They didn't come in and say, I believe, and, and go out the door and head back to the same old lifestyle. Emphasis on old. The same old sinful lifestyle swept away by the course of this world. Oh, no. These folks got the word in their heart. These folks believed to the saving of their soul. These folks got baptized in Jesus' name, and they got filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. These folks got sat down and got taught 
and preached to. And so they continued to stay saved. They stayed out of the drugs. They stayed out of the alcohol spirit. They stayed delivered from suicide spirits. They stayed delivered from murder and fornication and every kind of sinful thing that the enemy promotes out there. The enemy that is a spoiler. The enemy that says, I want to mess up your life. I want to tear your family apart. I want to destroy everything because that's who he is. And the quicker you recognize that, the quicker you can get on your road to salvation. Get delivered. Delivered from that spirit. When he comes in, the enemy, the spoiler, he comes to, uh, and you know, the Bible even used it in the plural sense. It said the spoilers because there was a third that was cast out of heaven. There are evil spirits, brute beasts, and they, they, uh, they come in packs like wolves, so much so that the Bible said if you have a devil cast it out of you, that that enemy is going to walk through dry places. That spoiler, he's going to walk through dry places, and he's going to look for some rest, but he can't find any rest. So where does he come back to? He comes back to God's rest that he gives to the righteous. And he brings seven more with him. Seven plus one in my book is eight. Eight spirits. That is a, a negative spiritual force that is trying to make its way like a locomotive or a battering ram and come back into your house, come back into your heart. But the Bible said he can't get there except he first bind the strong man. You can be too strong to be bound. You can be too strong to let the devil have his way. You can resist the spoiler and spoilers and they will flee from you. You can, the Bible said, do things in the name of Jesus Christ like cast out devils, evil spirits. But you don't want to do that without the name of Jesus Christ as the sons of Sceva tried to do that and by, by Paul and by this one and that one we cast you out the devil laughed in their face said you don't know me buddy I am the spoiler and you don't know him so you better quit throwing his name around because you haven't got that gift of God yet you don't want to play with this you don't want to counterfeit you want the real thing you want what Jesus laid down his life for what he purchased and what he poured out and what he's still pouring out right here, right now. You can have the devil cast it out of your life, be it one or like Mary Magdalene seven. Can you imagine that the enemy, like a boomerang, went around, couldn't find a place to land and light, and so he collected, each one of those guys collected seven, came back with 49 devils, coming back, going to get back in Mary's life, and they met a force friend that they couldn't reckon with. They ran into something. They didn't know what to do with it. And then they remembered, oh, I remember that. That was a long time ago, eons ago, back up there in heaven where we used to have it so good. And we left it because we followed that idiot. His name is Lucifer and Satan. He's the old serpent. He's the dragon. We listened to him and, we, and look at the mess we're in now. But hey, since we're in this mess, let's see if we can get somebody else to be with us. Let's see how many more we can deceive, how many more we can spoil. Let's plunder their lives. Let's pillage their lives. Let's knock down the walls. But I'm telling you, there's a God that can give you an experience that the enemy will bounce right off of, that the enemy will be rebuked by, that the enemy, didn't it say, in the Bible that God said you do certain things and I tell you my word tells you and he said I will rebuke the devourer for your namesake or his namesake he can get rid of the devil he can put him on the run and he can give you an 
experience and train and teach you to do that. Amen. He wants to he wants to come to a brand new life. He knows he's got the majority, well over the majority of the world that's living, much less in the grave. He knows that he has been able to deceive, but he's not through. Population is exploding. We're above 6 billion people, and they're projecting it to go to 11 in just a few years worldwide. He knows, by and large, he's got people confused. He's got their minds blinded because that's what the God, small g, lowercase g, small stuff g, of this world does. He blinds the minds. Lest at any time you should see that glory that shines in the face of Jesus Christ. He doesn't want you to recognize that. He doesn't want you to acknowledge that. And that's what the Apostle Paul, who had been driven by the enemy, he wasn't the Apostle Paul then. He was Saul of Tarsha, and he was all filled with religion, and he was breathing out threatenings and slaughterings. Even after seeing things that God did, he was yet still after it breathing out threatenings and slaughterings. But the Bible teaches that on a particular day, with letters of authority in his coat, headed down to put more people of this way, more baptized in Jesus' name people, more people that were filled with the Holy Ghost to throw them into jail and to do every kind of spoiling thing he could with them because he was driven by the spoiler. He was driven by the destroying angel. He doesn't have a message of hope for you. He has a message of destruction for you. He has a message that's going to uh, run rampant in your life and destroy every good thing. Pull every picture off the wall. Rip off the wallpaper. Soil and muddy everything thing in your life. That's what the enemy comes to do. And Saul was in his hands and driven by that spirit. But there came a day when there was a sun, a light that was brighter than the noonday sun. And when it got a hold of Paul, Paul couldn't have denied. He acknowledged it and he said, my God. He said, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus. And whoo, man, something happened right then. He said, oh, I've been fighting you. How about this? What would you have me to do? It's so good to bring forth fruit and works meet for repentance. What you want me to do. I'm done with rebellion. I'm done with disobedience. I'm done with pride. I'm done with my own human spirit having its way. What will you have me to do? Oh yes. What a difference a good, a good repentance makes. It's a change of attitude. Change of attitude. The, uh, the enemy no longer was able to keep the light out. Paul said later on and constantly to everybody, be it a king or a pauper, giving his testimony, he said it was brighter than the noonday sun. And he said, and I wasn't disobedient to it. He said, I was not disobedient to that heavenly vision. He said, I got my eyes off of the television. I got my eyes off of Hollywood vision. I got my eyes off of the spirit of this world that was spoiling my life, ruining my attitude, having me go in all kinds of wrong directions. And he said, now I have got my eyes on the heavenly vision, not the earthly vision, but the heavenly vision. No more terrestrial, I want the celestial. Let me have the heavens open over my life and let God show me the light and help me not to be disobedient to it. The enemy uses everything he can, every invention he can inspire sinful people to come up with to spoil your life. 
to rob your life, to steal anything good in your life. He wants to steal your God-given faith. He wants to take that. He wants your stake. He wants your poke. He wants your little hidden catch of, of faith that God gave you. And he wants you to spend it on nothing. He wants you to put it in the wrong place. He wants you to put it in things that are going to fail, things that are going to disappoint you, things that are going to let you down, things that are going to absolutely just destroy you and turn your whole world upside down. But Jesus raised up a church that will turn your world right side up. They said, these are they that come to turn, our, they're turning our towns upside down. No, they had it wrong because, see, they were seeing it wrong. And the truth of the matter is the church was turning things right side up. The church was putting it the way it should be, putting it in its proper perspective, getting you to see things how they really are, that there is a world beyond this world. There is a life beyond this life. And you want, as the Bible said, to be counted worthy to be children of that resurrection, that when he speaks your name, you're going to wake up. Woo, you're going to wake up and you're going to be caught up together with him in the air and those that are active and involved and preaching and teaching and witnessing and doing the work of God are going to join you and meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be and that's not a fairy tale and you don't get there by accident. You're going to have to bring forth a work for repentance. I don't want to be this way anymore. I don't want to be controlled by the enemy. I don't want to be controlled by the image and images that he sends forth. I don't want to be plundered. I don't want to be pillaged. I don't want to be destroyed. You know, the Bible teaches, even use the term, the face of the spoiler. He's got a face. He shows many different looks. The Bible teaches he masquerades. He tries to show himself even as a messenger of light. He would like to masquerade. You know, anybody just reads out of the Bible or says a little something here and there, that does not make them a messenger of God. The enemy quotes Scripture. I didn't say misquotes. I said quotes Scripture. He will do that. And he will get you to misapply it. Hey, you who you say you are? You the son of God? You down with that? He said, let me show you. He said, I want you to show us because it's written. It's written. You cast yourself down because it's written. He gave his angels charge concerning you and bear you up at any time unless you dash your foot against a stone. Oh, a lot of people fall for that trick. A lot of people get all twisted up in things. But Jesus gave the answer, and that answer becomes our answer. And he said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Oh, friend, you don't take the scriptures and tempt God. You don't twist them all up to your way of doing things. You don't get all caught up in your human spirit and make a great big mess out of everything because that's just you letting yourself get bound by a devil and he's coming to spoil you. He's not coming to add. He's coming to take. He's not coming to make things better. He's coming to make things worse. He don't know nothing about love and hope and compassion and mercy and good things. He doesn't know that good is not. He doesn't have that chip. He don't have that gene. He doesn't think that way or operate that way. He does not possess those characteristics. He comes to steal. He comes to kill. He comes to uproot that which is planted. He wants to spoil what God's doing in your life. He doesn't want you going where the truth is preached. He doesn't want you getting your, your life straightened out. He doesn't want you to get rid of those filthy communication, that filthy words in your heart. He don't want you to get he doesn't want you to get all cleaned up, sobered up. He don't want that. The enemy 
That's not what he does. He spoils. He makes things rotten. You ever smell any spoiled food? I had somebody one time trying to tell them it was no good, and they went right up to it. And then they went, wow, what did I do that for? Exactly. What would you do that? Told you not to do that. What would you do that? Oh, friend, you know, it's just some things that you've got to understand the spoiler comes to make it rotten. He comes to spoil it all right. The Bible said uh, in Isaiah 21 and 2 that the spoiler spoileth. That's what he does. That's what he does. This is ministry. That's his job. That's what he does. That's his characteristics. Also, Habakkuk 2 and 8, he said, Thou hast spoiled many nations. Many nations. It's not just one little part of the earth. It's many nations. The enemy, in one respect, but his is a negative, is that he's no respecter of persons either. He'll spoil anybody. He's not saying, I'll do this one and won't do that one. The only ones he's going to shy away from are the ones that are baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. He doesn't like to tangle with us. There was one deceiver one time going around praying for people, and there happened to be a couple of baptized in Jesus' name, Holy Ghost-filled people there, which, frankly, I don't think they belong there to begin with. But they were there, and he said, man, he said, you're the hardest people to pray for. Well, I guess so. When deception is trying to get on truth's turf, then it's a little bit difficult. Let me tell you, the enemy has no place there. Deception has no place there. Phoniness and fakeness and plastic has no place. No place there whatsoever. There is a truth. There is a reality. There is a righteousness. And you want to remember that God can do something good in your life, that he gave his flesh, the lamb of the spirit, as a sacrifice, laid it down, did it to give you that good thing. He went the ultimate route. He did the ultimate thing. Greater love, no greater love. Come on. He did this for you. He wants you to have the good work to begin in your life, and he wants to finish that good work in your life. He wants to do that. When he uh, comes around, you can pretty much figure that he's going to spoil things. He's going to mess things up. I want you to listen closely from the book of Colossians. It's in your Bible. That's what we believe here. We just don't believe anything else, really. We believe the Bible. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8. Now, this is teaching to the church. This is a message. This is an epistle. This is a letter. The people at Colossians, they received a letter one day. And that wasn't a letter from just anybody. It was a message. And it had been sent by the Holy Ghost through the apostle. And it was delivered to the pastor of the church, the ordained pastor of the church from the apostle. And Colossians chapter 2 and verse 8, he said, Beware. Now that word's in the Bible 29 times, and this is one of them. Beware. Be on guard. Watch out. Don't play with this. Don't ignore this. Don't let this go over your head or in one ear and out the other. Beware. Lest any man spoil you. How? Through philosophy. Now, philosophy simplified means any kind of teaching that doesn't want to have anything to do with God. Okay? 
nothing to do with God. All natural thinking based on natural principles. So don't let anybody spoil you through philosophy. Philosophy will spoil you. And vain deceit. That means to give you a deception that he's saying is absolutely worthless. It is of no value. Don't swallow it hook, line, and sinker. Okay? It's a vain deceit. There are people who teach and believe things, and those things, you know, throw the salt over your shoulder and you'll get rid of bad luck. It's a vain deceit. One place the writer said, Paul said, I believe, I, I perceive that in all things you're too superstitious. Hanging garlic in the window, you know. All kinds of things. One woman told me that she was baptized. She said, I was, I was baptized in the oil and the garlic. And she's naming all this. I said, you sound more like a salad lady than a baptism. Thank you for holding the olives. I don't like them. <laughs> he said, beware, lest any man spoil you after the traditions of men. Oh, my great-grandma. I don't care nothing about great-grandma or your double first cousin. I want chapter and verse. I want subject matter. This is my soul that is at stake and the souls of my loved ones and the souls of the nations that the spoiler is spoiling. And he said, Beware lest any man spoil you after the rudiments of the world, the basic principles, the status quo, the way they think it and the way they promote that this is how it should be. He said, Don't get spoiled by that. He said, and so all of these things now in its fullness, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Not after Christ. You want the one that does the opposite of the spoiler. You want the one that brings the, the balm of healing. The oil of healing, the oil anointing, the one that can take away the blindness, the one that can bring the healing, the one that can bring and does bring the salvation, the one that can get everything in proper focus and perspective for you, the one that can work the miracle in your life that you, that you need. And I want to tell you, I'm not going to brag on the spoiler, not for a minute, not going to do that. He's a liar and the father of it. He is a destroyer. He is absolutely destruction. That's what he is. I got nothing to brag about him, but I do want to tell you that you don't want to underestimate his system and his way of doing things and the power that has been authority that has been given to him and the things that he puts in this world and the people and the inventions that he works through, the whole system or the rudiments of this world. You don't want to underestimate that. But I want you to remember what the wise man was inspired to say in Proverbs. He said, you don't come around and mess around with the resting place of the righteous. I'm telling you, you want the Holy Ghost. You want to be baptized in Jesus' name because that's the rest wherewith he gives the, the weary rest. That is God's plan for your life. Get baptized in Jesus' name. Receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Let him place you in the body of Christ and then you've got angels protecting you. You have the power and the authority over all that of the enemy. You have that. The enemy's been warned about you then. He's not going to be coming around. You can remain standing. He's not going to be coming around. He's been warned. 
he's been given a stern warning and he's learned it don't do me much good to go around there no how he said because they're always kicking me out it just reminds me of my my past and it's also going to help him to foresee his future real good because he's going to be on the out he's going to be in that he's going to be taken with a chain and he's going to be led to the bottomless pit and he's going to spend all of eternity in misery and making the nations of the world miserable He's already got it going full force. There's no doubt about that. He's pulling out all the stops, and he's going to and fro, and he's trying to get everybody he can get. And you got to tell yourself, I, God has made a way for me to escape. He's made a way for me to clean escape all of this error, all of these mistakes, because that enemy just out to spoil my life. Don't let the spoiler spoil things for you. Don't let him mess up all the good that God has planned for you and God has nothing but good planned for you. Do you hear me? And you got to step up and you got to say, I want this salvation. I want the one that's not going to destroy me, but the one that's going to give me life and give it to me more abundantly. I don't want the one that promotes hate. I want the one that is truly love. I, I don't want the lust of this world. I don't want the vain deceit of this world. I don't want to live for things that are going to pass away. Help me, Lord, this very morning. Help me, Lord. Because there's a resting place. There's a resting place. And all the rest, the comfort that God gives to us through this great experience is just the beginning. Because there remaineth yet a rest, the Bible says, to God's church, to God's people. There will be a world beyond this world. There is a heaven. Just as surely as there's a hell, there's a heaven. And the thing about it, you know, it's like Moses said. He said, I'm putting it before you today. He said, you got death and you got life. And he said, choose life. Give a good hint there. Choose life. Held back death and hung out. Choose this one. You know, it's kind of like putting the candy behind your back, you know, and the kid's hunting for it and you kind of pick this one, you know. And, uh, and God's making a very strong hint here. He's stacking everything in a way that you can't help but choose the right thing. That's why Joshua said, we're choosing it. Me and my house, we're choosing it. There's a whole bunch of other junk out there that'll spoil your life. You want to get that, go ahead. That's your business. He said, but, but I'm not doing that. He said, I'm choosing this. I'm choosing Jesus. I'm choosing not a general Jesus, not a traditional Jesus, not a philosophical Jesus. I'm not choosing the, the Jesus of the world. I'm choosing the real thing here. I'm choosing the chapter and the verse and the subject matter. Because I don't want the spoiler in my life. I want the power of the Holy Ghost in my life. I want the salvation of God. I want this good experience that will work a miracle, a genuine miracle in my heart. Let us lift our hearts with our hands, and we're praying together. Come on now. Don't let the spoiler mess it up for you. Choose Jesus. Don't choose Barabbas. Choose Jesus. Don't choose deception. Choose truth. You have that power this morning to choose. And if you're lacking in that power, that's why you're going to come to the altar. And you're going to ask him to help you to make the right choice. You're going to ask him to give you divine help, give you those angels to come around and help you out. Saints of the church will pray for you. Oh, yes. He is a great God. While she sings, you worship with her. Let's begin to gather around all the ladies over here, all the men over here.
Ghost, we're going to have prayer. You want the Holy Ghost. We're going to pray for you that God will give you the Holy Ghost. You want to be baptized in Jesus' name, we're going to pray. Ask God. We're going to baptize you. Come on now. Come on now. Soon it will all be gone away. Give your heart to Jesus, and He will take you home. What will you do with your life? What will you do with your Above every name. Soon it name above every name. Oh, 
love you. you take my we love you. Come on, we're praying together. And every secret part, wholehearted, I'm in love with you.